It's always a joy to uh, come before my brothers and sisters. I love you guys so much. I aspire to be like you. Um, <clears throat> I always look up to you guys. So, this passage, you would think, like Galatians 5, 16 through 26, my very first memory of this is when I was in college, and I was uh, initiating into a fraternity. It was a Christian fraternity, and they blindfolded me, and they went through all this dumb stuff, I think, just, just weird, and, but part of it was serious, and, and we... I took the blindfold off, and I was in front of a table, and we, they were going to serve communion. But the passage that they read from was Galatians five sixteen through 26. And for an 18-year-old, that's a very a brand-new Christian. That's a very, very powerful, scary, wonderful, scary passage. Um, and, and so when, I was, when Phil gave me this text when I received this text, my first thought was, oh, wow, this is pretty cut and dry. This is going to be easy. This is going to be good. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy preparing. But as I really got into the background again of Galatians, I realized this is not, it's deeper than you think it is. Let me put it that way. It's deeper than what I thought it was. And so I'm going to give a little background and then we're going to go uh, sort of point by point. I, um, I like to go expositorily. You know that. I like to go verse by verse by verse. And we'll do that pretty much. But this one is a little different. And I'm going to show you why. I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But So first a little background. And forgive me. Uh, some of you have heard this before from me and Danny and Michael and Danny and me. And so... It's a, a repeat for some of you, but some of us are visiting for the very first time. And so I did want to kind of bring them in on what we're doing. Um, so Paul is one of these guys that has, if there's a, line, a crack right here, he's got one foot in the New Testament and one foot in the Old Testament. Very select group of people that are in, in history that are like that, and the apostles were chosen by Jesus to bring the church from the Old Testament into the New Testament, to transition the church from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And some of these people couldn't, uh, the Jewish people, you remember there's 45, about four, four, three, 3,500 to 4,500 years of history of keeping the law. And so all of a sudden there's this new movement and, and people are saying, like Paul and the apostles and Jesus, you don't have to uh, uh, do these religious regulations anymore. It's been paid for. It's been done. And I can almost sympathize with the Judaizers. I know they always get a bad rap, but I can almost sympathize with them because this is a huge watershed change. And so it's kind of like these Judaizers, or they're called Judaizers, they're Jews that came to the uh, Galatians. And the Galatians was a region, kind of uh, Turkey-ish 
maybe a little bit north of modern-day Turkey. And uh, Paul went there to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So the Gentiles, of course, are anybody who are not Jews. Most of us in this room are Gentiles because we're not unless we're Jewish. And so uh, Paul, his gifting, his kind of his calling, his special knack was going to the Greeks, to the Gentiles, uh, and sharing with them Christ. And, and so he went to this area, the Galatians, and af- after he left, um, they were, he left a, a good, solid church, thriving. They loved each other. They were passionate about Christ. And they were just a brand new, born-again church. And then something happened. A little while later, these Jews came in that said, oh, you've heard about the gospel. That's great. Uh, have you been circumcised? And they were like, no, I, I didn't know about circumcision. Oh, yeah, you have to be circumcised. It's Jesus. You, it, you have to believe in Jesus, but you also have to have this and this and this. And, I mean, you can't just throw everything out. And so... These people were called Judaizers because they were kind of blending Christ, Jesus, with their traditions. They just couldn't let go of everything, and so they were kind of halfway. They were like, well, okay, Jesus and this. And so the Galatians were like, oh, okay, well, all right, so we have to be circumcised. Okay, guys, okay, everybody, all right, and Paul hears about this, and uh, he writes a letter. He's not there anymore. He writes a letter to them, and this letter is what we call the book of Galatians. And this this passage uh, really, it it was hard because it's a well-known passage, Everybody knows about the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, I was a camp director, and so I knew about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? How many times have we sung it in our lives? The fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's like a, a Christian anthem. It's a, you know, a monumental thing. And this is what we all strive for, we want to have. The fruit of the Spirit. And so... The fruit of the Spirit kind of precedes and almost gets in the way, but not in a bad way. But it's like everybody, it's a hard sermon to preach because everybody just wants to get to the good part. The fruit of the Spirit. But there's so much more to it than that. And so uh, as, we, as we look at this, now our, our passage is... Uh, 16, beginning with verse 16, and it begins with, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so I have to back up to last week and some of the things that Danny said when he talked about correctly, he said, it's all about freedom. And it is. It's, it's about freedom. And if you go even further back, The book of Galatians is like this powerful, powerful passage on the gospel of adoption. It's like a condensed pocket rocket Romans. And and it's like Romans Jr. on steroids. 
it, and it just, it's, it's about the gospel going to people who don't really understand the law and all of that and the dangers of that. Because you know when Paul started, he went to the Jews, right? You all remember that. He went to the Jews and, and uh, the Jew, they kept getting into conflict because the Jews were mad because Paul knew his stuff about the Jewish law and things like that. And they were just conflict, conflict. And finally Paul said, that's it. I'm going to the Gentiles. I'm going to, maybe I'll have better luck with the Gentiles. And so he goes to the Gentiles. And he does have uh, success with the Gentiles. So he says, but I say walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. And if we back up, really it's to verse 13. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Okay, so... But I say, in verse 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And all of 16 through 26 really is a remedy. It's a remedy for what happened in verse, really, uh, all of Galatians. But in particular, verse 15. Because verse 15 says that they were struggling, they were, they were uh, there's, uh, devouring each other with the tongue. And it says, um, uh, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And so here was the, there was a problem. And why was this problem here? Well, because there were some Galatians, evidently, that were like, no, guys, we need to listen to Paul. It's not circumcision. But there was others that were like, no, he just didn't know. He didn't tell us all of it. There's circumcision too. And so there was, a, there was division in this new fledgling born-again church. And this is what Paul is speaking about in verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by it. And you back up to even to verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm them and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So, big picture macro view, God comes, sends Paul to the Galatians. The Galatians are adopted into the family. And with this adoption comes freedom. They are told you don't have to be circumcised. Paul is telling them, you don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to do this. You don't have to follow all these rules and religions and, and things that I did in the Old Testament over here. Christ paid for that, and now it's the New Testament here. There's freedom. You, we don't have to do this anymore. So the Galatians are kind of like, freedom, ah, freedom. Freedom. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking of, of uh, uh, you remember um, Bill Murray's Groundhog Day. And Bill Murray realizes he's waking up every day, reliving the same day over again. He's talking to these two guys in a bar, and the, and the guy says, uh, he says to, uh, Bill Murray says to them, what would you do if you, were gonna, you knew you were going to live the same day over and over and over again? And, uh, and the same thing happens he's saying. The guys are just like, well, I guess there'd be no consequences, would there? And Bill Murray's like, ah, I guess that's right. There'd be no consequences. 
And so he just goes crazy and starts doing what he wants to do. And so this represents kind of like the flesh side of this passage that Paul talks about. But then you notice that there's a change where he sits and he talks with Andy McDowell in the diner. And Andy McDowell says, I don't know. It sounds like you could do some good in the world. Yeah, I guess I could. And so Bill Murray changes and he starts doing good. And he, the movie ends up that he's very fulfilled. Everybody loves him because what does he do? He just starts serving everybody and starts helping everybody. And this is where he finds his fulfillment. And in a way, in a weird, awkward way, it's kind of this, the same thing that Paul is, is trying to say here. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So the remedy is, okay, so you won't fight and devour each other, okay? You have this backup to freedom. We have freedom. We're, but what do we do with this freedom? Uh, we have to control the freedom. Paul says, I will tell you a way to control the freedom. The freedom that we have is a lot. We can go one direction and be beautiful, or we can go another direction and be ugly, ugly, ugly. Again, verse six, uh, 16 through 26 describes these two, uh, the beautiful and the ugly. And, it's, and we have this freedom overarching everything, this freedom Paul says, I will give you a regulator. I will give you a rule. Maybe even call it like a golden rule. And this golden rule is mentioned in verse 14. The whole law is, some, is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So this is the regulator for freedom. So we, as Christians, you and I have this freedom we don't have to follow religious rules and regulation. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. So we don't have to follow these rules and regulations. There is nothing you can do to make God love you anymore. But there are things that we can do to help us love God more. Do you get that? It's about our relationship, not our religion. So, let me hold the Bible. I feel more like I'm preaching when I'm holding the Bible. Not necessarily true, but um, I want to have the Word close to me. All right. Don't want to depart from it. This sermon is a little bit different for me because I realized I couldn't go verse by verse because it, it's, I could, but really to bring out what I really wanted to bring out, I kind of had to go a little bit backwards. So we started with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Where the Spirit is, the law is not. And so that's where we want to be. That's who we want to be. We want to have love and joy and peace around us. So we have to walk by the Spirit. Whose fruit is it, by the way? It is the fruit of Miller, no. It is the fruit of the Spirit. 
So it is the Spirit's fruit. And I want to be around this fruit. I want the Spirit to, develop, to give off this fruit within me as I... And so what do I have to do? I have to walk by the Spirit. I have to walk by the Spirit. So this freedom, I choose to love... Love is the regulator. I don't choose to gratify the flesh. You, can, you have your freedom. You can go one route or the other. You can, you can, free, you can choose um, uh, the freedom of love and serving one another, or you can choose to gratify the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Now, it's important, too, that Paul, remember that Paul's speaking to believers. Wait, can believers really choose this side over here to gratify the desires of the flesh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we can. Sure we can. So um, there's one thing that used to scare me to death when I was 18, 19, 20, 51, 52. um, And that is this. He's talking about um, the the bad things in verse 21. And in, uh, he says at the end of verse 21, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I was really nervous that I would not inherit the kingdom of God. I was really scared that I wouldn't inherit that. But as you look at Scripture, um, I learned to put a few litmus, te- litmus tests in there. Number one, um, I would ask myself, do I really anticipate, joyfully long for uh, these, these things? Do I want to do them? And, and am I really, really happy when I do them? Absolutely not. Usually it's heartbreaking and it, it's hard. I don't think anybody is like, I can't wait and get up this morning to be jealous. I can't wait to get up and, and be envious. I can't wait to... And as Christian believers, we don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be drunk today. Woohoo! Yeah. Because that's a clear sign that something is not right. And if you are God's, God, that is a sure path to misery. And God will break you. God will allow you to be miserable and miserable and miserable until you are broken. And you become the prodigal son. And so, sure, we can take that path that gratifies the desires of the flesh, but there's another path. If you want to sing the song, The Fruit of the Spirit, then you have to follow the path of the fruit of the Spirit. There's a path. And we all like to start with the fruit of the Spirit. So let's back up from that. What's the path of the fruit of the Spirit? Well, you're adopted into the family. We are like the Galatians. We're Gentiles, I think, all of us. Um, might be some Jews I don't know about, but... And so we're, we're Gentiles. We are adopted into the family. We don't have to follow the rules and the regulations. And there's this freedom. Now, Paul says, be careful. Be careful with this freedom. Because with this freedom, you can do this or this. You can be ugly or you can be beautiful. Choose love to serve your fellow man, and you will be beautiful. You'll have the fruit of the Spirit. And so we choose love and and this leads us to walk by the Spirit. Why do you know, we know that? Galatians 5.16. Paul says, walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh or de- gratify the desires of the flesh. 
So, I think we all know this. And, and here's the application that I want to make to us today. Most of us who are believers want to walk by the Spirit so that we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, so that we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. And they're all different for all of us. All of us have junk in our past and that we tend to go to or we struggle with more than other areas. And we might think that everybody, and they're all different. They really are all very, very different. Very different. And so whatever that junk is in your life, I want you to use this passage to encourage you and not to beat you up. I want to say to the young men, I know that I'm not that old, but I'm a little older than some of you. I want to say to the young men in here, do not let Satan use this passage to beat you up all the time. Because he will do it. To steal your joy and to set you back and to crush you. And that is what he wants to do. He cannot have your soul and he cannot take your salvation. But he can rob you of your joy. So don't let him do that. Rather, use these safeguards that Paul is giving us. Saying, so... The fruit of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. How do I walk in the Spirit? I know, Mike. I know, Mike. I want to. I understand the freedom. We choose love to serve our fellow man. Walk by the Spirit. I know. But how do I keep wanting to walk by the Spirit? That's the question we all want answered. That's the question I want a magic pill to. I want to be given the blue pill to understand so that I can always walk by the Spirit and never gratify the desires of the flesh. I want that. And here is the answer. There's not one. I can't give you an easy solution, one little thing, and there it is. That's the ticket. There's not one. And here is where... Freedom comes into play. You do have a will. You do have free will. It is not in terms so much of your salvation, but it is in terms of your relationship with God. And so I just, I want to encourage you to use this freedom that you have. The very nature of freedom means you have a choice. You do have a choice in how you respond. This is our free will. So how do we respond? A couple of things I just want to point out, and I'll leave you with this, and I want to invite the worship team to come up now, as I'll be done in about two or three minutes. Um, And I want to say wow to the worship team this morning. I was crying before I got up here, so Spirit was using you guys. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, so the application to this sermon the fruit of the spirit is 
Number one, remember whose you are. You are adopted. If you want to follow the Spirit and have the fruit of the Spirit, if you want the Spirit's fruit in your life, remember whose you are. You just have to keep practicing that. Keep remembering whose you are. You are Christ. Who bought you? Christ did. Who redeemed you? Christ did. Who adopted you into the family? Christ did. This is our work. Remembering whose we are to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The second thing is we have to keep practicing it. It's like learning a language. You have to keep saying it over and over and over again to yourself. I will walk by the Spirit. I will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I will choose to do this even though my flesh doesn't want to. They're opposed to each other. It's Christianity 101. You do have an old nature and a new nature, and they do fight with each other. And so we must constantly be wanting and deciding to choose on this side. You see, there is no magic pill. It's a desire that we must cultivate and learn and grow in Christ and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to do this. And finally, I want to tell you that we will all stumble and fall. We will all be guilty of some of these things in this horrible passage of of horrible things that Paul lists out. We will stumble and fall. But we have a safety net. Christ will pick us up. And he will brush off our knees. And he will put us on our feet. And he will say, walk with me closer this time. Walk by the Spirit. And as we walk closer each time, we find ourselves winning the battle more often. Not because of our strength, but because of who Christ is and staying close to Him. Walk by the Spirit.